0: Okay. you beautiful people and welcome to the first ever episode of OK podcast the brand new j fashion news podcast i'm hayden
1: and i'm kamala for our first episode we'll be covering a variety of news and issues joining us today as our special guest for our first episode is jordana from moss badger now moss badger is a locally based lolita brand here in chicago that specializes in handmade garments and accessories and custom made prints
0: Lots of the designs are based off of folklore, history, and magic. Since starting in 2011, Moss Badger has been all over the world for events and conventions and has finally brought the creator here to our studio. How's it going, Jordana? It's going great. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you all so much for joining us on this first episode. We are so excited to do this. It is amazing. (laughs) This is something we've been planning for months, and it's finally coming
1: together. And it's like my biggest dream to be on a podcast. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I listen to podcasts all the time. This is is
0: our brainchild, (laughs) and we're so excited. So quick introduction about ourselves. My name is Hayden Lee. I use he, him pronouns. I've been into J fashion since I was in eighth grade. I do a lot of Fairy K, I do some Lolita when I get the dresses, and I raise the money for the dresses, (laughs) and I get money together for a coordinate. Y'all know how hard it can be. Yeah. Um, I go to Columbia College, Chicago. I am a radio major, voiceover minor, and this is my pet project. So I really created this so we could bring together people in all forms of J-fashion, from Visual K to Lolita. I really want to bring in all types of people to the show so we can talk and get more insight on everything and really bring the whole J fashion community together into one.
1: So I'm Kamila, aka Hard Decora. Um, a lot of people know me as like Hard Decora sometimes other than um, Kamila. Hard Decora is my brand. I do kind of like a kawaii badass all over print t-shirts and apparel and accessories and when Hayden brought to me this project, I thought it was, like, the most amazing thing. Like, I always wanted to do a podcast, but I kind of thought, like, uh, I don't know how I would a- ever approach this. Like, I just didn't know, like, how I would even start on that sort of, like, project. But with Hayden's experience and taking the classes and everything and having the, um, I guess, the resources to do the project, I kind of thought, like, oh, man, this would be a- an amazing opportunity to uh, latch on to and so we're definitely having a good time with this so
0: this is going to be about the order that we take things we're going to cover a bunch of cool new kawaii things that are being released um things that are coming up and then we're going to talk about some local topics and events that are going on in chicago where we are based um so first things first kawaii apparel spotlight we like to call it Galaxy is releasing a new rainbow sky cardigan. It's
1: beautiful. It's
0: so pretty. I am in love with Galaxy and seeing this new cardigan. My heart
1: is soaring. And I, I love the way that it is shaped. It's not the normal cardigan. It goes to your knees, uh, at least as it seems on the models. And it's just... It's just a beautiful, unique cardigan. Um, a lot of it's the sky blue, and it has l- the rainbow motifs on it, and I'm just, I'd be really excited to wear it if I got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: next up, we have ACDC Rag is doing a collaboration with the Powerpuff Girls. They're releasing a bunch of cool new jackets. Those are super, super cool.
1: Yeah, and a lot of t-shirts and stuff. Uh, unfortunately, it's the new Powerpuff Girls, Ooh. which a lot of people uh, don't enjoy, <laughs> <laughs> but the clothes look cute. I'm not a huge fan myself, but the clothes are very, very cute. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the uh, Listen Flavor. Like, I know, like, on their Facebook page, like, every few hours, is like, new Listen Flavor, new arrival. <laughs> um, I thought I'd uh, pick one of the things. I really like their... Um, the ribbon frill shorts, and I like the lavender ones because I tend to wear uh, a lot of pastels, but one of my favorite things about Listen Flavor is that they always come out with a light and a dark version of all of their um, designs, so you can you have like a lot to choose from. Even there's like a, a pair of yellow ones. And then a lot of people are going crazy about the Sanrio collaboration with Listen Flavor and choosing like which the light or the dark that they're gonna go with. So I'm really excited about um, the outfits that are gonna come from that.
0: I really want the yellow pair of shorts. I don't have enough yellow in my Fairy K wardrobe. That's I,
1: true, that's a, a forgotten color. Yeah,
0: No. not a lot of people remember like yellow can be combined with so many things. Mm-hmm. It's super doable, it's so good to be like an anchor color, and I really, really love yellow with pastels. I think it works out super well. Well, there's the angelic pretty
1: ribbon berry bunny.
0: Which is so cute. It's going to be releasing today, actually, on the day of our recording.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we can mark
0: that as, like, a super cool symbol. Uh, we are recording this on March 31st, so this will probably come out a week after. So y'all should keep an eye on that. See if you can get your reservations mm-hmm. and get that flippin' Berry Bunny ribbon. Cause Okay, I have a love <laughs> for strawberries and berries in my Lolita prints. It is a... Uh, a guilty pleasure of mine. I will drop mm. so much money on strawberries. And like, it just looks like you should wear it to like a picnic. Like, I yeah. just want to go on a
1: picnic in these dresses. Yes. Oh my
0: God. It would look so good on the green grass background.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's and then so with the, cute. a classic picnic basket? Yes. Like the
0: uh, Burger wooden basket. Mm-hmm. That'd be so
1: pretty. Definitely. Next
0: up, AP's Holy Lantern in Navy is coming back by popular demand. I know mm. a lot of people were flipping out about that, that they only had the wine color again but don't worry get that on reserve because it's gonna go f- so fast
1: that's nice that they uh brought it back a lot of times they they just move on yeah it's like, it's it's like once it's out
0: it's gone mm-hmm. like sorry too bad yeah, so, so sad You know, <laughs>
1: that's how they do
0: it a whole lot but i'm super glad that they're bringing it back uh then we have a baby the starshine brights. Elizabeth Bride of the Death is releasing soon. Keep yeah. an eye on that. Don't, forget, cool the the, Don't know, forget the Don't forget the Bride of the Death. The <laughs> death. Not, not not death, just the death. Okay? <laughs> Gotta get it right. The Sex pot Revenge's
1: yeah. new spring and summer Visual K collection. Beautiful. It like makes me wanna do visual K. If I was badass enough to do Visual K,
0: I totally would. Like it's I'm so enamored with it, and I it's like it, it's something that I would love to do, but it's, I'm just way too like
1: shy for it. I just like the silhouettes and the shapes of visual K, yeah. it's like the baggier pants, but then it's got like the flowy kind of like jackets that happen. The and, shredding, yeah, the shredding. It's yeah, it's very unique. It would be so cool to like. M-
0: to like bring the visual k silhouette into fairy k i think that'd be oh, super cool we should yeah. try that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like somehow <laughs> Alright, right And then moving on We're going to start Covering some local topics Coming up here In Chicago Next Saturday Is Tokidoki's Pop-up shop At Rotofugi I'm so excited I'm taking a day Off of work to do this Because I'm in love With Tokidoki
1: I've always have been And I'm just like Hoping with my hands And praying physician That I don't get Scheduled that day <laughs> I'll probably do Like a small Little coverage
0: from it I'll be posting pictures On our Facebook page yeah, At least Yeah definitely
1: And then if I get to go I'll be doing the same We'll both We'll we'll, we'll both be there Yeah (laughs) We'll be like Taking pictures We'll be flipping out together (laughs) Having a grand old time And then and is having A lot of uh, Fashion news I remember Last year Um Uh, galaxy was there Uh, omocat was there like just some different um brands some fashion brands that i've never seen at asen before and so i'm really excited about this year we're gonna have designer Putumayo and kira model sakuraku hoshina as guests this year
0: yeah it's super exciting i actually just bought um omo cats uh pretty boy sweater oh nice. i've yeah, been yeah, yeah. i've been wanting it for a good year and a half but i never had the money and then i finally <laughs> raised up enough money to drop 60 dollars on it and i'm so excited uh, it's coming in in like a good week but i'm like waiting with bated breath for
1: my new sweater oh i can't wait to see like how you make an outfit out of it oh
0: yeah i have like ideas already i'm gonna pair it with like some blue shorts uh some mm. blue and pink tie-dye Uh, leggings and then probably my pink jelly or no my clear jelly shoes okay do you have pink jelly shoes I don't yeah I want pink jelly shoes (laughs) you're just like speaking it into existence (laughs) yes hopefully like I'll put those vibes out there and someone maybe someone will send me one (laughs) wink wink to a special listener out there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's some super cool stuff that's going on Uh, there has been a bit of a rumor uh, for Angelic Pretty in the Lolita Collective,
1: I've just been hearing that maybe uh, Harajuku Hearts, uh, USA will be bringing um, stock and doing a fashion show at this year's ASIN, but nothing has been officially announced on the ASIN website. But keep a lookout for that. We'll be keeping a lookout for that, and if um anything comes to fruition on that rumor we will post it up on the page yeah totally
0: so a lot of all the stuff that we are talking about now we're gonna keep updated with you guys on the facebook page we won't be able to update you with another podcast just because our next
1: one isn't going to be released until may but we'll definitely keep y'all updated at that and a special uh little tidbit of information if you've heard of the show kawaii international on nhk World. I am a new Kauai reporter for the show, so that's (laughs) going to be awesome. And they gave me a report to go over the Chicago swap meet in April, April 15th specifically. So if you're in the Midwest area and you want to check that out, uh, we have a Facebook event for that. And I'm just going to be there asking different people questions and taking a survey of the event in general. I think it's really great that Chicago and the Midwest are getting um, a little bit of attention because I I think a lot of the uh, designers and um, shows from Japan, they kind of discount the midwest they kind of just go to the coast yeah. and don't know that people in the midwest are very heavily involved in the J fashion community so I'm, I'm i agree so uh honored to be able to showcase that
0: yeah i'm hoping to be able to go but i'm not sure because i am probably, I'm gonna have to weigh my pros and cons of going right. to either to so the Tokidoki yeah, pop-up. because those are
1: both in April and then yeah, they're like both on two days. That takes two days. So, yeah. I
0: do have work on both of yeah. those days, but uh, I'll either be at one or the other
1: or at both. Hopefully, I can yeah. go to both because <laughs> I
0: really want to go. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, it goes from one to five. I don't know what your hours are.
0: Oh, I might be able to leave a little early. Am I, out? I work a nine to five. So. Oh, okay, yeah. So, it just takes up all the... the whole oh, thing. yeah. It takes the entire day but hopefully i'll be able to at least go to one of those i really 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 want to go to the swap meet too we're gonna be discussing some other things like there's a new doll line inspired by j fashion called shibajuku dolls Mm. and we're gonna be talking about that and also leave your opinions in the comments talk to us about this we'd love to know what you guys think i personally think that they're super cute and while they they might not be entirely accurate I think it's an amazing way to really expand on J fashion in america
1: right i think it could be a good way to introduce that uh style of dress to younger audiences um to revitalize i guess the groups but and inspire them yeah yeah inspire. like i don't I think if I had saw saw a doll like that, maybe I would have gotten into J fashion or even earlier than I did um, just because even just watching anime, it doesn't necessarily mean that you get to see J fashion. Mm-hmm. You just see like, oh, okay, a magical girl outfit, but that's not necessarily like a J fashion outfit. Yeah. So It's
0: not really until you like go to conventions and see people in J fashion. Yeah. Ask them what it is that you really discover it.
1: The only time I discovered it from, was from um, the comic book gal Mm. and so I just thought like oh yeah I want to be gal and everything like that so it so I think a a doll is a really good idea and I think it's a good um business opportunity because no one's covering it Mm -hmm. the only drawback I feel is that there's not enough variety in the doll line as far as like um even some of the outfits or um the ethnicities of the dolls, and so I'm really looking forward to how they decide to grow their brand in the future. I know they just did; they just closed out on a contest for people to submit drawings and designs of future outfits, and I saw some of the contestants um, using like girls of color to showcase the outfit design. So maybe, you know, just through, like, being vocal or something, they'll um, definitely open up their designs. But I know that they're really small right now, so they only have, like, a few dolls out. And, you know, that's a problem that, like, happens in the
0: entirety of, like, doll creations, mm-hmm. whether it's, like, typical Barbie dolls or if it's uh BJDs, yeah. people... You don't see a whole lot of dolls of color, and you know that comes from institutionalized racism. That happens,
1: yeah. All and the I time. think people take notice of that because when I look in the comments, I know some people say that, "Hey, like, where are any um, dolls of color? Like, they don't even have like anything that's like tan or like anything close to just it being a different um, colored doll." And a lot of people, um, I guess, took offense to those observations and just was like oh who cares you're just gonna play with it anyway and it, it doesn't matter but it, it really it really does and seeing uh, representation
0: yeah. is important for kids especially even as just like a gay trans male I can't find anything about gay trans males in media and yeah. especially not feminine gay trans males because there's mm-hmm. the there's a stigma against trans guys that you have to be, like, super masculine looking.
1: Right. But,
0: like, being in Fairy K, i I'm not. And that doesn't mean my gender identity is disconnected from me. But seeing that kind of representation is super helpful for anyone. It helps give them, like, confidence and inspiration. So hopefully right. they'll be able to expand on that.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be really awesome just to see um, different genders, too. If it yeah. w- there was a guy, Shibajuku doll, I think that would be a really interesting um, outfit because you, you never really um, get to see guys dressed in, like, kind of, like, feminine-inspired clothing in a doll.
0: You don't so, see a whole lot of male dolls at all. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's so, kind
0: Hopefully they'll be able to open that up next. uh, So this has been talked about everywhere right now. We're going to talk about it later in our show with Jordana. There has been so many magazines closing down in Japan, like Keta and Mm -hmm. GLB, Gothic Lolita Bible, for those of you who are new to the fashion, and Fruits are either... Uh, sus- being suspended or going to internet they're not the being digital, in print yeah. any- they're not printing
1: anymore we're going to be talking about that what <laughs> are your thoughts Kamila? when I first saw it like I really um disliked the name of the article that was for the um explaining f- the fruits closure it definitely put like a lot of alarm bells on and it's probably clickbaity but um, like the harajuku is dead and um, fruits is like closing down because he can't because the um, publisher can't find anyone to uh, take take photography of and and then I just thought like oh my gosh like this thing that I, I feel like I finally started like wearing and getting into about two or three years ago it's ending already like like I is it over and um, the article you read will have you thinking that. I think it was just alarmist in a way. Um, I eventually got to read the Tokyo Fashions take on the fruits closure and it definitely calmed me down a bit because it presented more of a full picture um, with facts about like It being a digital age. Yeah,
0: completely. Like, I completely agree. You know, our world is changing so fast that we, like, everyone's struggling to keep up with how much we're progressing. Uh, And that includes magazines. Magazines are just going out of print, and a lot of them are switching over to digital. And that's just how our world is working right now. And a lot of things in Harajuku, especially, it's changing. There is a lot a lot of influx of tourists coming into Mm -hmm. the neighborhood but you know that's interest in the fashion and while these tourists are probably not very considerate to (laughs) the people who are in the fashion it does create different things it's not necessarily good or bad it's just different a lot of people in Harajuku are either uh, whether you're a fashion kid or if you're a business, are moving out of Harajuku because it's a it's turning into a bit of a tourist trap. Overhead for their businesses might be too high, and it's just becoming a bit more watered down. It's not it's not like it hasn't changed or it hasn't like it's gone completely. Right, it's just yeah. diluted. People are moving out of Harajuku.
1: Then there's also the influence of fast fashions, you yeah, know, that are H and M, Forever Twenty One. H&M. Yeah, and so that's like – and you already see these, like, brands. Like, I just saw um, at Forever 21 uh, some little bobble earrings that look like something that I can find on Etsy that someone um, made. You know, like – It's like a clear circle, and then they have little um, pom-poms that are, like, pastel and stuff in it. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I can see one of, like, my friends for specifically Fairy K Mm -hmm. making one of these. And now it's in um, Forever 21 being sold. And it's kind of like, you know, they. it's like the whole fast fashion aspect is kind of, like, taking away from the smaller businesses. Um, They cost a lot less. And people are attracted to that. And also changing the ideal of, oh, you paid so much for that. Like, it's kind of looked down upon a little bit more now to Mm -hmm. pay so much for things now. I mean, I could go on and on about how fast fashion is, like, kind (laughs) of (laughs) terrible. And, you know, the best way you
0: guys can help prevent the continual... I don't want it to seem like this is, like, a horrible thing that's happening, but... It definitely shows how much we need, as a community, need to support businesses. Mm -hmm. So I urge all of you guys to buy things from 6% other shops in Harajuku or shops that have moved out of Harajuku, like Milklim. Milklim Mm -hmm. is strictly online now on Tokyo Otaku Mode uh, and on their Facebook page. So support them, y'all. Like, if you... Want to continue to see the growth of Harajuku fashion and the evolution of Harajuku fashion with the next generation starting to grow up and starting to come into their own. Y'all need to like support the things that you really want to enjoy.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think like the magazines um, going to digital, I I think that's like a separate a separate issue because there's certain things that those magazines weren't doing to to keep up with the times or to increase their profits. With Fruits Magazine, there was hardly any sort of advertisements in those magazines um, in order for it to, uh, I guess, get the revenue that usually magazines get. Which and, is nice for consumers, but as a yeah. business tactic, it's, it's just not doable. Right, right. And then um, they wanted to catch... Uh, Street snaps in in real time and like kind of spontaneously, paying those man hours, I guess, uh, to go and search around the city instead of making announcements, um, so that people would gather in, in in a local meeting place to go and take these pictures. That takes time and that takes money, and and it's and not part of the dilution of Harajuku. Right, right, and so it's it's going to uh, make it harder for you to make some sort of profit and to really stay sustainable in the future uh kira um they have so many models that are involved with their magazine they could have um i guess made stuff more digital sooner they could have done like youtube videos you know that went along with their magazines promoting it um and you know a lot of their models are online there th- there was that possibility
0: they they and it's, it's an admirable that they wanted to keep traditional, but it's just not
1: doable in this era. Right, right. So, and the same thing with um, Gothic, Lolita Bible. Um, everything's online. Now you can see all of these brands and their updates um, online and people wearing Lolita online. So it's kind of like inconceivable of like um, almost why the magazine would be I guess, needed, but then again, it's like, we we have other magazines like um, the Chinese Girlism, which is kind of their answer to Gothic Lolita Bible, and so with these international markets making their own books so that they can, you know, have their own language in there, and um, and seeing models that reflect them as well, um, that can cut into their, their margins. But it's, I think that's also a Like,
0: not cutting into their margins is a good thing, but the fact that J fashion culture is expanding to other countries, there are zines opening up in California, in Mm -hmm. uh, the U.S., Canada. UK. Yeah, all this stuff is opening up for new people as we get into the internet age, and I think we all just have to roll with the times and learn how to support our local people. And now that we've discussed the current news, we're going to take it back to Jordana for the interview. We have some questions for you. First one is, are you a lifestyler, Lolita, or just a casual event Lolita? So
2: I do, I love Lolita, and but I don't wear it every day. I'm not a lifestyler, um, probably for two reasons. First of all, I just like too many things, <laughs> and I like to be able to wear different styles. Um, and I'm really into, well, I was, my style's kind of transitioning, I was wearing a lot of more gothic-inspired, like, maybe strega, like, witch-style fashion, a lot of layers, and, like, charcoal gray, and I just, like, oh, wait, you know, I could wear colors. There are colors (laughs) besides gray and black. So I'm sort of going back to a style I did maybe when I first started in Lolita, which is Otome-influenced, like, a lot of vintage and colorful, like wacky prints and stuff. And the other reason I don't wear Lolita every day is it's a lot of effort. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, and totally. I am like a little bit lazy. <laughs> sometimes you know you just want to sort of roll out and not have <laughs> yeah. you know fifteen accessories. And not that not that you can't do. You know I do casual Lolita sometimes, but. Um, when you wear Lolita to meetups and events, it sort of becomes more event-driven and it's hard to do casual. Mm-hmm, like, I yeah. tend to be like, oh, you know, I have to put on a veil and a crown and, you know. Yeah. All mm-hmm. the, uh, you know and then I you're guess expecting
1: the s- to see people who are going to yeah. appreciate the details. Yeah,
2: so I've, I've found in my Lolita personal style that I'm, like, trying to relearn how to do casual Lolita. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I totally get that um my first lolita outfit together for Ooh. my wedding oh, and so it'd be yeah. interesting to know like what are your favorite places to oh, shop Oh that's going
2: to be beautiful. like the I I know not every Lolita wears Lolita to get married in, but it's kind yeah. of an awesome option because it's like surprisingly affordable compared to a yes. lot of To weddings. a wedding dress? And yeah. I,
1: and I'm very short and petite, so <laughs> I feel like wedding dresses, like the western ones, like really would just swallow me and just too big to me. So I, I think the lengths of uh, Lolita dresses would be perfect. Yeah.
2: One of my friends actually got married in Lolita, and I suppose she might be considered a Lolita lifestyler, but she wears her m- wedding dress every year for her anniversary. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Oh
1: man, that's an idea.
2: So I guess my favorite places to shop. I do a lot of online shopping. Um
1: for... as one in J fashion does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um
2: my favorite um my favorite probably brand is Hainuli, hey which is a Korean mm. brand. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of Hainuli hey and, you know, she's just an awesome person, and I want to support her, but also her stuff is awesome. And she mm-hmm. makes a size that fits me, because as mm-hmm. a plus-size person, it can be hard sometimes yeah. to find options. I feel it. That work. So <laughs> yeah. I love to support Hey um, I also love a Japanese brand called Enchantlic and Chantilly. used to be uh, okay. called Chantilly. But oh, um, yeah, I think yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think she changed her name um, because I think that if you just, like, Google Chantilly, it, there's so many things because it's, like, a lace and it's, a, like, a
1: mm-hmm. it's oh. like a baking
2: thing, like a, a fondant. Oh, th- I didn't or, realize that. Yeah, so, but her stuff is awesome, and she does a lot of cat prints, which is close to my heart.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you do a lot of cat stuff, too. Yeah, I love cats. Um, <laughs>
2: and I love Atelier Puro. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an online shop and they sell their own brand and they sell a lot of other brands, which I think we're going to talk about oh, later. Oh, we will. <laughs> um, and, uh, I love to buy from them. And then uh, there's a brand from Finland called Cloudberry Lady. Oh. Um, and she doesn't, she also sells through Atelier Puro. And she makes hats, and she also does some garments. And I love her stuff, and I've met her. So, again, it's oh, like nice. when you get involved in J fashion as, like, a maker, and you meet all these other mm-hmm. people who have yeah. their brands, and they're your friends, and you want to always support your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I also love H. Nalto, which uh, yeah has so many things besides Lolita. Like, even just for casual wear, I really love um, mm-hmm. some of, of Nalto's brands. And um,
0: Don't they have, like, some visual K-esque yeah, visual style yeah. they stuff? They have
2: a little bit of everything. Everything, honestly, yeah, like, yeah, like he's really into steampunk, which oh, is yeah, funny yeah, yeah. to me because <laughs> I've seen
0: like some of his videos,
2: yeah. Um, and he's come to uh, local conventions a couple times so I've also gotten to meet him and he's like mm. super nice super cool and if you're Facebook friends with him he always wishes you a happy birthday <gasps>
1: oh, on that's your so birthday sweet. and
2: since because of the time difference he's usually like the first one oh, so it's like every amazing. time I'm like oh I love you I And
0: mean, people are so
1: involved with
0: their <laughs> community
1: yeah. it, makes, mm-hmm. it like warms my heart and it's nice to know that when you meet the designers that they're really nice like a lot of yeah. people might feel like oh no what if they're like snooty or whatever they they don't want to spend time with me but a lot of designers and illustrators they're nicer than you like they think. are <laughs> yeah
2: i've been lucky to be able to meet several designers from going to conventions and they're they've been guests and every time i've gotten to meet them it's so rewarding and so like mm-hmm. awesome to meet these people who i respect and admire and then they're actually nice and it's just <laughs> like the first time so I think it was at uh, Anime Central. It was a while ago now. But um, Naoto came to the con and had a booth. And I knew that... That, the, that Naoto made these uh, petticoats that you could also wear as a skirt, but they were really great petticoats. Uh-huh. And I, that they went fairly large. So I'm trying to, I'm stretching this thing out, trying to see if it's going to fit me. And this man comes up and he's just like, he doesn't speak English and he's like stretching it out and like nodding his head. Like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, who's this man and why is he? And I was like, oh my gosh that's a designer <laughs> and like he was just like he like motioning like you should buy this and he's like yes yes and I was like well now I have to Yeah. and I didn't think it would fit me but I bought it anyway and then it did fit me and that's
0: like the petticoat yes. I wear all the time oh, to this nice. day I had a similar experience when I went to Anime Los Angeles Bodyline was there and there was a guy like at the booth in Lolita and it was my first time like ever getting a Lolita dress I really really wanted one like I I got a grab bag for really cheap, tried it on. It was too small. I came back and I said, hey, I just bought this. Like, you saw me. This is way too small. Can I get, can I trade in for something else? And, like... He, like, understood me. He goes, uh, yeah, uh, here, look at these. So I take a look, and he goes, hold one up, and he's like, I think this one will fit you because it stretches a lot. Tried mm-hmm. it on, worked well. It wasn't until three months later that I realized it was the creator of Bodyline. Oh, oh Mr. Yan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's who I was. That was the guy in the dress. Yeah, you yeah. have a story now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, Yeah. Um, I also really love to buy from Lolita Collective, who, you know, I feel like they also sell my stuff. So it's yeah. sort of like, well, and I'm friends where with I the met owner. You. Right. And so I, it's but like... I didn't know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, of course I love Lolita Collective because yeah. I love Emma, but um, yeah. but they have just awesome stuff and they go to a lot of conventions. And it's yeah. funny because sometimes I'll be helping her at the convention and then yeah. I'm also shopping um, while I'm, you know, trying helping. to help her. Yeah. Um, and then as far as I love accessories, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I'm a plus size person who loves fashions of course I love accessories because they always fit <laughs> <laughs> and I love um a brand that I'm really into right now is Milk Ribbon out of Germany she just had a release today actually of these uh, brooches that are like laser cut wood Ooh. and there's one that's like a little it's funny because it's a picture of a rosette and like I make rosettes so I thought yeah. that was funny but it says most embarrassing behavior on it like oh, Masako that's so cool yeah they're awesome um I also love Moss Marchin, who's out of um like the Philadelphia area, uh, East Coast. I like feel a kinship with the East Coast Lolitas because I'm from Philadelphia originally. So even though I live here and I always go to, when I can, go to East Coast stuff and hang out with like my New York City girls. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I I also really like Voodoo Dolly. She makes crowns and like jewelry with eyes on it. Which is cool, cause like I have a print of jewelry with eyes oh, on it, is. so like oh, yeah. that works out pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then I just, you know, I'm like a lot of Lolitas. I love angelic pretty. <laughs> yeah. Even though I don't fit into a lot of it, you know, I mm-hmm. love and I love their bags, like their stupid mm-hmm. bags, like stuffed animals. Yeah. Boxes yeah. of pancakes. <laughs> I nix. agree. Yeah.
0: I bought the uh, little twin stars unicorn mm-hmm. plushie because i wanted the bag but they didn't have the bag <laughs> yeah but the unicorn plush was only ten dollars and i was like i gotta get this and i was like pulling it up in class like taking my credit card out oh in class God. like typing in my info and like i made it i'm determined to make it into my own bag so i totally get like the stupid plushie obsession purses <laughs> it's so addicting and then like there's a lot of brands that like
2: I more look to as inspiration. So it's not really my favorite place to shop, but it's my favorite place to kind of ogle and lust. (laughs) (laughs) So I love Julieta Justine, who's famous for the painting prints, which, Mm -hmm. you know, inspired me a lot. And speaking of designers who have gotten to meet and was just like, you are the best. And she was so nice and so down to earth and friendly. Um, And Emily Temple Cute and Jane Marple, which are more like Otome brands Mm -hmm. than Lolita Mm -hmm. brands. But, like, honestly, if if all the Otome brands, if I fit that stuff, I'd probably just do that instead of Lolita, (laughs) to be honest. But that's okay. If it works, um, it works. And I love – I do declare, who's another East Coast designer who does a lot of historical – Influenced stuff, and whenever she sh- I see one of her shows, I'm like literally crying because it's so oh, beautiful, it's like and I'm resonating. just like, oh my Thank goodness, you, so you made that, and it's so amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: So those are my favorite my favorite places. Nice. Uh, so would you be willing to talk about your J fashion experience as a person of color?
2: Yeah, um, it's kind of funny because. I don't know that I have like a ton of experience specifically as a as a person of color in Lolita or in J fashion, because it's like I feel like I'm I mean, this sounds weird. Like, maybe I'll think about this and rephrase it, but <laughs> I feel like I'm already kind of a unicorn for so many reasons. It's just like another thing to pile on top of the like, you know, oh, you're different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. um, the thing that I thought of first was that when I was at RuffleCon, like a Lolita came up to me and she was like, do you identify as black? And it was kind of funny because, like, I I didn't know where she was going with that, but, like, I just, my head started swirling with, like, you know, the history of my life and all, like, the weirdness of, like, you know, being, like, a light-skinned and I never really considered myself biracial, but, like, mixed, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, and just being, like, yes? (laughs) Like, like, yeah, I do. I do consider, you know, identify as black, but I also identify as mixed and I identify, you know, whatever. But I was, like, yes. whole
1: identities. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
2: it, the, the whole code-switching thing and, like, how... Which is kind of funny because, I guess, in J-fashion, you're doing that anyway. But, yeah. um, but, like, you know, I was, like, yes. And then she's, like, because I just... I wanted to say, like, I'm really proud of you. Oh, that's sweet. And I sweet. just was, like, yeah. mm, immediate tear up. Because anyone who knows me, like, I... Like anything makes me cry, like immediately. Like it's just hilarious how quickly you can see see it. It's like watery right now, you know? So I was just like, yes, thank you, you know? And I'm just like, (laughs) you know, oh my goodness. But yeah, so I guess that's my main experience. That's super sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think that part of the reason I wear Lolita. Uh, specifically, or J fashion, but I I mostly wear Lolita. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, it's weird. Like, people stare at me for, like, reasons that I don't know. And it's like, you know, sometimes they're like, you know, what are you? You know, like, which of your parents is black? Mm. And it's like, both? I mean, like, Mm, you know, it's like, it's not that, like, because... It's fine. I understand curiosity, and, like, I have no problem with that, but you can tell when they just have, like, an idea in their head, and they want to know if they're right, and yeah. they don't actually care. Yeah, that's true. And there's just sort of like, well, which one of your parents? I, I I bet that it's your dad, you know, and it's like, no, you're, like, you don't really care, so. Yeah. I don't
1: really understand why um, people feel the need to guess yeah. that. That's just, like... I don't know. That just makes it feel like you're not. They're not like viewing you as a person. Right. Exactly. They're just viewing you as parts. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can. I can somewhat relate. I'm. Uh, I'm mixed. My mom is Hispanic, being like white passing. No one really expects me to like have a Hispanic mom. And all the time, I would like oh say oh yeah I'm Hispanic and people are like no you're not you're white. I'm like, <laughs> w- what? Like, I'm pretty sure I know who my parents are, yeah. at least to a degree. Like, I can look at my parents, and I know I'm not adopted. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I'm Hispanic. Um, and as being, like, a trans person, you get a lot of people being like, so are you a boy or a girl? And I'm like, I know what you're asking, mm-hmm. and that's bull. Right. Like, just back off. Like, you don't need to know yeah. any of these answers. Yeah, I'm a yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. like... <laughs> What's in my pants should not, like, bother you. Thankfully, as, like, being in the J-fashion community, I haven't gotten any of that. Most people, Mm -hmm. I just correct pronouns, and it's totally fine. Um, So hopefully it'll stay that way, and hopefully the good experiences will keep happening. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, so one of the reasons I wear Lolita is that people stare at me a lot, and I think one of the reasons is because they can't tell what race I am, and they're trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also just as, like, a... Person of size, like you know, you deal with a lot when you're in public, and Lolita feels kind of like armor in
1: a way. Yes, you know, I, I feel that too. With like J fashion, just being like, I know people are looking at me, but I'm controlling why mm-hmm. they're looking it's like at I'm me, giving you
2: something to look at. Yeah, and even if that's not really what you're looking at, I can pretend. And <laughs> yeah. it's just sort of like you know that like aggressive feminine is just sort of like you know this wall that I'm putting up, like. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think that that also factors into my experience as a person of color in J fashion. Um, and then also, because I wear wigs a lot with Lolita, like, I'm not right now, but um, it's funny how people assume that I'm part Asian and they, like, argue with me about it.
0: Wow. <laughs> like, okay.
1: Or, like,
2: but you're Filipino. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not, but it doesn't matter. But, like, it's funny, you know, like, or they'll, The my favorite was um, someone I had just met at a meetup and she was saying something kind of. Unfortunate, and she was like, "No offense." And I well, like, no offense, I'm but not even, I'm not even the race that you just insulted. But I am still offended. offended. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Jeez, uh, jeez. The saying "No offense," like they have control over <laughs> y- your offense. The magic button. So a lot of your items look very accurate to the Victorian era, not just the Lolita basis of Victoria clothing, including prints. What inspire you to veer from that norm? Um, So a lot of
2: my design process is based on the print more than, I guess, the structure, for lack of a better word. Like a lot of Lolita is super detailed with the ruffles and layers and, you know, goo and buttons and (laughs) furbelows. And I just I kind of like a simple, a simple dress, but with like maybe a crazy print. So I guess that my Victorian inspiration is more about the prints because like I don't want to be making all those ruffles all day. Like oh, I love yeah. it. I love to wear it, you know, but I also like a simple thing that I can dress down for every day and I like mm-hmm. really showing off like look at this painting of all these cats. Isn't it amazing? Why would I cover that up with like a bunch of other stuff? But um I guess my my inspiration is just I really like Artwork and history and magic and symbolism and I really like Bruegel paintings and mm-hmm. the crazy things that are going on in them and I just want to put that on a dress so people can wear it and you can right, be like yeah what is that on your dress that looks like a weird monster with like a butt <laughs> and I'm like yeah and it's like this painting from like the 1600s and it's awesome uh, and then they're like yeah. oh.
1: So okay. you really want to, like, be minimalistic so that you can really show and focus on the artwork that's mm-hmm. being, like, pulled for these dresses. Yeah,
2: I really like being a print designer. Like, if I, it's funny because when I started in Lolita, it was, like, 2007, and there were definitely prints, but it was still, like, maybe on the newer end of things. And, like, the old school Lolita was just, you know, either maybe a simple, you know... A solid color with lace. I remember when polka dots were controversial in Lolita and, like, nobody had printed tights and printed socks. It was a lot plainer. And, like, honestly, if Lolita had stayed like that, I don't know if I would have gotten into it because I am all about the prints. Yeah. And I am all about the excuse to put, like, cats all over something.
0: I agree completely. If I can put, like, 50 strawberries in my hair, <laughs> I am more than happy to do that.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I dress in Decora, so I like to overdo everything. <laughs> a lot
0: of brands from America don't get a whole lot of international coverage, whether they're just like smaller brands that, you know, a lot of people don't know about. So how did you get about going to Amsterdam and retailing in of Perio?
2: Yeah, Pirot. Well, Piro. actually, I shouldn't even correct you because my French pronunciation is like non-existent. <laughs> but um, I think it's Pirot or something like that. Um, you know, like the clown
1: oh okay yeah i don't know french <laughs> me um, neither i have no opinion on this I love, I
2: love french but i learned spanish in school and french was just so hard to pronounce my french teacher had a southern american accent oh, and so it goodness. was like this extra layer of wrong on top of it so <laughs> um but yeah i went to amsterdam which was last year there's uh events put on by a group called street fashion europe Uh, which I believe grew out of a British-based group called the Tea Party Club, who's having their 10th anniversary this year. Oh, yeah, I just looked up that group. Yeah, and Street Fashion Europe, I think, has been running for maybe, like, five or six years. And their events have been in a different city every year. Like, they just had one in Barcelona this month, actually, which, unfortunately, I didn't get to go to. But I did go to Amsterdam last year um, for an event called Under the Sea. And it was amazing. Like, I just... If you can, if you're a Lolita and you're interested in the fashion and you can afford to go to a European event, it's, like, it's totally worth it. Because it just was, like, a different perspective on everything. And it was just, mm. like, so interesting to see, like, and to meet all these Lolitas that I knew from online, mm-hmm. you know, and to oh, finally nice, get to see yeah. them in person. Um, but, yeah, it was amazing. I It was – all I can say is that it was amazing. Yeah. It what's
0: was, the community like there? Because I've never um, been. I think that – You know,
2: I think that there are a lot of... I think it depends on the city. Like, some communities are smaller and Mm -hmm. some are larger... It was funny because one of my friends made a Facebook post today about being a European Lolita and having this like sort of like funny stereotype about how American Lolitas are. And I was (laughs) like, well, you know, we all think the European Lolitas have every meetup in a chateau and, you know, you've like exquisite French pastries. And but, you know, it it depends on the city. So I think in some places like London's community is like absolutely enormous Mm -hmm. um, because Mm -hmm. it's a huge city. And I think in some other places, maybe they don't have as big of a community, but like, you know, it's. Europe is sort of, the way Europe is laid out, it's maybe easier to get to different cities and even different countries compared to here Mm. in our giant, you know, Mm -hmm. giant country. So the
1: unity of the community is, like, really strong.
2: Yeah, I think so. But, you know, there's so many different ones, and I met kind of a smattering of people from different places. I met some of the French lolitas and some of the Dutch lolitas. And um, so, yeah, and I think that... Maybe it's because they have these, like, beautiful backdrops. It's, like, there's, like, a sort of elegance to
0: it. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, like,
2: because you, I mean, I know I'm joking, but, like, you could literally go to a castle and, like, have a meetup. No, for real. So it's, like, you know, (laughs) versus here where we're, like, you know, rolling up to, I don't know we are sitting in the park or we're like,
1: Yeah, you know, right? right, right. Take pictures to... in
0: front of the, the, the giant beam. Hello Kitty yeah, or yeah, yeah. in
1: we're, LA <laughs> we're just trying to scrounge any sort of like like anything gothic that could <laughs> atmosphere. work
2: So the story of
1: how I got into Puro,
2: um so I mentioned a brand from Finland, Cloudberry Lady, mm-hmm. uh, the designer of which is named Tulia, and I met her at RuffleCon two years ago and she was selling I believe she was the first like Western designer to sell at Piro, like from Finland, and um, so I was like, "How did you get that done? Like, please <laughs> tell me your secrets." Mm-hmm. And it was basically like, you know, she was she was just lucky enough to meet the owners at a convention, I believe, and or maybe she went there, but she was lucky enough to meet and show her work and they liked it. So voila. Wow. Just lucky coincidences. So thankfully, you know, so this is another thing I have to give a lot of credit to Emma of the Lolita Collective because she has been such a force of inspiration and dedication towards helping me with my brand. And a lot of what I've done is really from her hard work. And she was the one who she you know got to go to japan and sort of present my work to her and mm-hmm. so that was how you know basically we asked and they liked my stuff so
0: yeah that's amazing
2: wow. and i know voodoo dolly is now selling there as well oh, good. so i feel like maybe i helped like, open <laughs> yeah door. like yeah open i mean i door, totally yeah. opened the door and then i walked the door but i held the door <laughs> yeah
1: yeah like just each person that keeps selling overseas it's like and it it's grows. amazing
2: to like Yeah, you know, i've had a bunch of friends and they're like, you know, I went to La Ferrette, I don't know if it's La Ferret or La Ferrette, and I saw your dress, and I was just like, uh, maybe one day I'll get to go and see my dress. <laughs> but it's still awesome it's your to own hear. work displayed. Yeah, because I mean, like it's really the friend. dream, right?
1: hmm Oh, yeah. yeah. So what specific cultures inspire your patterns?
2: So I guess a lot of my print designs, especially lately, are kind of based on like witchcraft and the occult and magic. And I don't even know why I'm so inspired by that. I mean, I went in my history of fashion interest and subculture or whatever, I guess when I was a teenager, I was pretty goth. Mm-hmm. And then I went through that phase. And then in college, I was a mod, like 60s, oh, like scooters and oh, stuff. Okay. And it's kind of funny because I think you can see the goth influence more than the mod influence, but mm-hmm. I'm like obsessed with England and British stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that partially comes out of my mod years. But yeah, I, I explored, you know, I... It was like a little baby Wiccan, like like, mm. you know, I need <laughs> a lot of goths are. and just my mom, um, was really into occult stuff for a while. So we had a lot of books around the house about like sigils and mm-hmm. runes and stuff. Oh, that's so, really
1: great that did your your mom like approve of your fashion, like and, explorations? I mean, she didn't
2: really <laughs> but I was I think when I was a teenager I was I was too timid to really go nuts with anything. Like, I remember I dyed my hair the shade of burgundy that, like, everyone had, and I had a Smiths t-shirt, and I had Doc Martens, and that was kind of it. Like, I didn't really, oh, okay. I didn't really get, you know, nuts with, like, hair color. Well, It wasn't I, enough
1: I had, to scare her.
2: Yeah, I guess my hair was blue in college, so let me, like, take that back. I did get nuts with hair color, but <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I kept it pretty chill otherwise. Like, I really was influenced by, I, I wore a lot of vintage clothes, and I wore, I did a lot of thrifting, and I... I I wore Fluvogs and she was really encouraged me to buy Fluvogs because she said that if people saw how expensive my shoes were, they would know I wasn't thrifting because I was poor (laughs) because my mother is very, if you've seen the show, Keeping Up Appearances, the yeah. British comedy, like, that's my mom. My mom is Hyacinth Bouquet. Totally. <laughs> Not uh... Bucket Bouquet. <laughs> um, you know, she's very, like, proper and kind of old-fashioned. So she doesn't, she doesn't, I mean, at this point I'm old enough that she's kind of whatever, but she, she equates it to her Red Hat Club.
1: Oh, she thought Lolita got it. was weird oh, okay.
2: until I actually brought her to a tea, and she said, oh, it makes more sense when there's, like, a bunch of you. And it's not oh. just like one like one strange person it's like you know oh, a well, lot of a l- strange people. there's a lot of them, yeah. so it's it's clearly like on purpose and not just like a strange person you know it's just but, like um,
0: okay like we yeah. i mean not saying like lolitas are strange people but it's like Some we lolitas know are strange people <laughs> <laughs> you get that in every culture like every yeah. subculture every little genre but it's like it's not like we're ignorant of what we're doing <laughs> like we know we look different right right
2: but I think, you know, like any parent, she just wants me to be safe and doesn't want me to, you know, have somebody running after me down the street like, look at this right. weirdo. Or, you know? or get a job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, but yeah, I, I, she definitely was exploring some stuff when I was a kid. So I was, you know, she, even now, like, I was talking about, like, coming up with an idea for a print, and she was like, Have you done tarot cards yet? And I'm like, Yeah, I, I have. But she was like, Well, did you do these
1: tarot cards? You
2: know, like, <laughs> did do the Rider-Waite tarot or did you do a different tarot? And I was just like, Okay, this is a weird conversation. But obviously, I had with my
1: mom. your, your mom's interests influenced you. And- yeah. Yeah, my mom to explore that.
2: My mom has always like encouraged exploration and of different interests and like researching, and and so I can say that because of her, like I probably have a lot of maybe esoteric interests. I also was like a a middle ages nerd as a kid. My fourth grade teacher was in the Society for Creative Anachronism, which is a group that like does reenactments and like researches medieval and maybe early renaissance stuff Mm -hmm. so like in the fourth grade you know they took us to it was a quaker school in philadelphia and our class trip in fourth grade was to new york city wow yeah the fifth grade class trip was to mexico
0: oh my gosh! but i was only in that school for fourth
2: grade because it was really expensive my parents were like oh wait we gotta pay for college eventually oh my gosh
1: but (laughs) yes they took
2: us to the cloisters which is a museum in new york um that the building is made up of various historical medieval buildings that they brought over from Europe and reconstructed. And what one of the main things, or to me anyway, in the cloisters is the unicorn tapestries. Oh, I haven't seen them. And it's like, I feel like if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, that. Like, it's mm-hmm. well known. Like, it's they put it on, like, rugs and, like, wall hangings and stuff. Got it's it. like, okay. the main, there's several of them, but the main one is, like, a unicorn in a little, like, fence. And mm-hmm. there's this sort of floral background. And one of the prints that I'm doing this year is I think I'm finally going to make a dress out of that. Because ever since I was a small child, I was like, I wish I could wear that on a dress. Oh, that sounds you know, really interesting. And I'm trying to make dreams come true here. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I Oh, I'm definitely going to be interested. I love unicorns. Like, yeah. the fantasy life is me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you think about this whole death of Harajuku thing that's going on recently? I think it's going to be okay,
2: and everyone needs to, you know, just take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Like, yeah, things are changing, but that's how life works. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it's the same. It's not going to be how it was, and that can be sad. We're reacting
1: like we're like... 60 years old and it's just like
2: no I'm I'm probably older than like the average Lolita like I like to play this game of like how old do I look because I'm not gonna say how old I am but I'm Mm. older than I look, right? So (laughs) I feel like, I mean, not to be like, you youngins don't know, but I feel like I do have some perspective in that, like, this is what happens to subculture fashions and street fashions. They change. This is what happens to anything. There's two things I think going on, one of which is that the fashion in Japan is changing. I mean, just because there are trends and, and styles and people's tastes change, and I think we're going through a period now where, for various reasons, including maybe tourism. People are just interested in things that maybe aren't so flashy right now. And the people who are interested in that maybe aren't so public right now. Mm-hmm. Because maybe they're sick of tourists putting their cameras in their faces. And, you know, so it's still going on. It's not dead. It's just maybe it's the looks are changing and maybe the places that people are wearing it is changing. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like, you know, it's it's unfortunate that the Gothic and Lolita Bible and Kara Magazine are ending but I think that you know print is changing it's not dying but it's changing Mm -hmm, and so Kara's going online and I think that a lot of like I mean I don't buy magazines like I used to like J Fashion or any magazines you know Mm -hmm. everything is online and you know it sucks that you don't have this hardcover thing to look at but you know there are other magazines and I think honestly the, the most encouraging thing about all this is that Everyone's first reaction is like, oh, no. But then a lot of people's second reaction is like, what can I do to make this thing that I am going to miss? Like more people are making like podcasts, for Mm -hmm, example. Or, you know, I saw. Yeah, zines. um, There's a lot of people on YouTube who are making, you know, regular videos about the fashion. And like I follow Lovely Lore's channel. Mm -hmm, And she just made a video saying that she's going to start doing like a streaming series where she's gonna sort of like go through the magazine and chat like she used to with her friends in person and she's gonna do that as a streaming thing so that to kind of revive that nostalgic feeling of like looking through the magazine mm-hmm. with your friends mm-hmm. cause like you know the magazine is not publishing more but we still have the ones that exist and like right. I have Karas from before I was I even knew what Lolita was I have Karas from like the late 90s and the early 2000s because that was treasures yeah that was I mean I bought the first Bible before I even planned to wear Lolita like I was really into dolls and I was like oh weird clothes to put my dolls in like I never in a million (laughs) years thought I was gonna wear any of that you know but like I just I used to buy Japanese fashion magazines because at the time the stuff that was going on in Japan just seemed so much more cool than what was going on here so I would go to Tower Records and I'd buy these it was called Kerouac
0: Carallac. And then it changed to Kira.
2: And so I used to I used to buy those and like pour over them. And it's funny because I still have a bunch of them and I've gone back now. And I'm like, is there any Lolita in here? And There's like <laughs> not really because they're like too early. But yeah, I mean, things change and we just have to get used to the change. And I think if you're sad about these things going away, like I think it's productive to think about, you know, how can you give back to the community, mm-hmm. whether that's producing a zine or a podcast
0: or a video.
1: Or supporting things that are already existing. Yes, yeah. supporting your
0: local uh, creators, your local designers, artists mm-hmm. is definitely something that can really help. And supporting the Japanese brands, too. Exactly. Like, yeah.
2: You know, because, yeah, there are stores that have been closing and... Milklim. Yeah, and so it's, like, if you love something, you know, you've got to pay for it. Yeah, Because, <laughs> like, right. you know, things, money doesn't grow on trees. So if you, if you love a brand, you should try to support it as much as you can.
0: Yeah, I agree. Especially how, like, Harajuku is, like, bringing in more tourists. Whatever brands are, like, renting out those businesses, those businesses can raise their rent. So, uh, if tourism goes up, their overhead goes up. And the Olympics is coming, too. Exactly. Yeah, so, be a big deal. if those local brands don't get that uh, revenue that they need, they have to move out. That's why a lot of them have been moving to Shibuya or other places in Japan or just strictly online, like mm-hmm. um, Tokyo, Mode.
1: And those are things that happen in America, too, like New York. It's just the rent is getting so high. Mm-hmm. Um so, a lot of stores and galleries are, like, moving to different parts of the city. So, I don't think it's something that's going to end the fashion at all. But I definitely think people need to support brands. And especially if you want those brands to come to America. Like, you want mm-hmm. a store to open up where you live, then, you know, keep supporting the brand. Like You have to show that there's an interest. mm mm-hmm. um,
0: because if not, they have no choice but to shut down. But it's definitely evolving, and I, I, I'm I, sure things are going to be all right. Everyone yeah. just needs to t- calm down, take a chill pill.
1: <laughs> I'm really interested how it's going to change. I know that international sales are going up for at least, like, Lolita brands. And so I think that's going to change the way that they... Um, I don't know, maybe distribute their work or market their work. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, especially in Western culture, um, Mori was already kind of going out of style when it came over to uh, America. So like we're a little bit behind, Mm -hmm. but that also helps keeping businesses in business, which is good for them. And it's good for us because we get into all the good stuff, too.
1: Where can we find Moss Badger? How can we support you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So
2: my stuff is available at the Lolita Collective, uh, both online and when they travel to conventions. And also at Atelier Puro in Japan, Mm -hmm. um, in La Forêt. I will be making some new accessories. I am kind of, I'm retiring the Ouija boards.
0: Oh really? Yeah, I
2: mean, I think I think it was good while it lasted, but I think I need to find a new thing. You know? Yeah, I yeah, agree. everybody's
1: doing the Ouija boards. Yeah, right. yeah.
2: It's funny because there's a Alice in the Pirates print, and it has Ouija boards on it. And I guess the designer was at a convention, and they asked her how she was inspired to do that in the print and she said something about she didn't know what Ouija boards were and she saw Western Lolitas wearing them and I was like did I help make this happen (laughs) I mean I'm way too I like I would never like try to take credit for that like everyone who knows me is like you know I kind of have like imposter syndrome or whatever it's called oh
1: yeah yeah. where I'm
2: like but then I was like but I mean I I did make all those Ouija boards like
1: Hmm. Yeah, you I know. Think, read them. I think you maybe like contributed to the idea of it because I know a lot of people started making like the necklaces and all yeah. this other stuff. Like everyone started like um, it getting got into really that. big, really fast with yeah. a, in a lot of different subcultures. Sometimes
2: I have good timing of like jumping onto something right when it's like in the moment. Like it's funny because I'm usually late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually like just too late. I'm like I was gonna oh. But I think this time I was lucky and I got in there on time and I was like, hey, we're all doing this witch stuff. Let me let me throw some some Ouija boards in there. But yeah, I'm going to come out with some new stuff soon. Um, I'm going to be traveling hopefully more. I haven't planned everything out yet, but I'm going to be hitting up some conventions. And yeah, that's where you can find my stuff. I'm on Facebook and my website is mossbadger.com. And it's M-O-S-S-B-A-D-G-E-R, like the plant and the animal. Um, and it's badgers because I'm a Hufflepuff.
0: Nice. Oh, and
2: because I'm there with you. Yeah, and I love the wind in the willows. It's my favorite thing in the world. It's a book full of weird little Victorian animals that wear clothes and go on adventures. Oh,
1: oh that sounds like you. And one of my favorite characters
2: in there is a badger. So I that was why I named it Moss Badger. But um, so, yeah, so I can be found online at mossbadger.com and mossbadger on Facebook and Check me
0: out. Awesome. Come say hi. We'll also Yay. be putting a link in the description to Jordana's website. Y'all can connect through Facebook, through Lolita Collective, and through her website. So hit her up, support our local artists. That'd be amazing of you guys. Woo! Do it, guys. And this concludes our first ever episode of OK Podcast. Join us next month and we'll have more news for you, more updates, and a new special guest. See y'all next time. Okay.